Welcome to Talk Purpose and Truth, shifting you into higher consciousness, a show that elevates, uplifts, and encourages listeners to grow, heal, awaken, and evolve. Eden and Kim include bold topics, interviews with inspiring guests, experts, and celebrities, intuitive readings, channeled messages, mental health awareness, and hot topics to expand your awareness. Tune in for unprecedented truth, authenticity, on-purpose discussions, and magical moments. Before we go into our episode, I wanted to give a shout out to Iris Weiner, who's here and has these amazing services that she can offer you. Hi, Iris. Hi. Hi, Kim. Um, I'm with Bankers Life. I am an insurance agent and I specialize in Medicare supplements and long-term care, critical care, life insurance, annuities, uh, and so much more. Um, I love sitting down with families and help them protect their assets. I have seen way too many people lose their homes because they were not properly insured for long-term care. And there's a huge Medicare gap as to what is not covered, uh, the people assume is until it's too late. So one of the things I love to do is sit, sit down with my uh, clients. I love to be able to hear what, you know, about their family life, what it is that they want to do, and, and make sure that we protect them so that when you're finally getting to the point where you're able to enjoy life, you're able to do that. Your retirement is protected for you to enjoy till the very end. So I love doing that. And I give back. Um, I had a really hard time with my mother-in-law quite a few years ago when she had several strokes. And that's when we discovered what Medicare didn't cover. And that's when I scrambled to try to help her. And from that, I actually said to the universe that I was going to do this because no one should lose their home over trying to figure out how to take care of a family member or themselves for that you know, for that matter. So right. I, I love to sit down with their, anyone. Um, they can reach me by calling me on my cell phone, which is 714-496-1376. They can also reach me through email and that's iris, I-R-I-S dot Weiner, W-I-E-N-E-R at bankerslife.com. Wonderful. And I'll tell you, she does everything from the heart. And so she's a great person to work with and ask questions to. So thanks for being here, Iris. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Thank you. And welcome everyone to another episode of Talk, Purpose and Truth with Kim and Eden. Hello, Eden. Hi, Kim. How are you doing? <laughs> Hi, I'm doing, I'm doing well. Okay. I was just thinking how blessed we are that we get to record both in studio and internet virtual because we've been getting so many guests from other places and today's guest is coming in from Manhattan in New York City and so I'm going to go right into introducing her we're very okay. honored and excited to have her Lisa Sharkey is the senior VP and director of creative development for HarperCollins Publishers one of the biggest publishing houses in the world Lisa is Senior Vice President and Director of Creative Development there and has spent the past 15 years in the publishing world after a television news career that earned her two Emmy Awards and 10 Emmy nominations. Wow. Um, Sharkey was honored with a Peabody Award and a DuPont Award for her work at ABC covering the September 11th attacks. 
which is which is amazing because we have an episode coming up um, with a woman who wrote a book interviewing a lot of the children of the 9-11 victims. Um, she has been behind the publication of more than 75 New York Times bestsellers. The books she has acquired and published have won multiple awards, been translated into more than a dozen languages, and sold millions of copies all over the world. Welcome, Lisa. I feel like I want to clap. Yes! <laughs> she's doing the dance. Yeah. See you. Yeah. <laughs> Everybody, she was just dancing. Lisa was just dancing. Roger Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> I love to dance and I'm in like my dancing uh, studio, my living room. Nice. Oh, yeah. Yes. Thanks for being here, Lisa. Sure. <laughs> yeah, you you do. And you've done so much at such a young age. It's like I it's unbelievable just hearing everything and looking at everything you've done. How did you get started? And can you tell us more about your upbringing and how you became such a big success and what your life is like now? Um, well, um, my upbringing was um, sort of not the best, even though I had, you know, two loving parents. I grew up um, until I was about uh, four. I grew up in the Bronx and then I moved up with my parents and my two younger sisters to Westchester County, New York, where um, I lived until I was 16 years old, which is when I went to college. Um, I had a very interesting childhood in that I never felt like I fit into suburban life. And I kept like looking up at the sky and saying like, why did you put me here? What am I doing mm. here? Mm. Um, probably around the age of 12, I got involved, um, unfortunately, in drugs and smoking pot, which escalated into other drugs. I was never addicted to drugs, but I definitely grew up way before I would have wanted to if I could have mapped out my life. Um, which is why at the age of 15, I went to my parents and said, I need to get the heck out of here. And um, I said, I've, I started school early. I know other people that finished high school in three years. Let me, let me go. And uh, my parents were very young. My mom was a teenage bride, you know, so they, they were pretty inexperienced parents, but they loved me and they, they did respect my request. And they, um, they found somebody to help me fill out college applications. And she suggested this woman, she was like an 80 year old former high school principal who had gone to Washington University in St. Louis. And she thought that I might be a good fit there. And I ended up going there and I, I continue every time I show up on that campus now to kiss the ground. Uh. <laughs> Lord for saving my life, Washington University in St. Louis where my daughter is currently a senior. Oh. Both of my sons played on the baseball team there. So wow. Um, so while New York played a role in my early life, um, the Midwest really played um, a very significant role in my life. And I feel like St. Louis is also part of my home. I also lived um, after I graduated college, I worked for a local television station, a PBS affiliate. And while I was in college, I was the news director of the radio station. And then I moved with a guy that I was living with to Texas and lived there. And then I moved to Kentucky and I lived wow. there and um, I became, um, I was a, a comparative arts um, major in college, foreign languages and modern dance. And so I couldn't get a job in TV in Kentucky, but I became an exercise instructor um, at the Kelly Lynn figure spa in Louisville. Uh, and worked my way up to manager of the Kelly Lynn Figure Spa in Louisville, Kentucky, 
$41 a year membership. Um, <laughs> and then like we broke up and I moved back home and landed a job at Channel 11 News in New York, WPIX TV. And then I worked my way up from production assistant to writer, to copy editor, to producer. And then um, people that worked at WPIX noticed me um, and people had then moved over to CBS Network News. And somebody said, you know what, you can really write, you, you can write news. Why don't you try out and see if you can be a CBS Network News writer? And at that point, I think I was 24. So at the age of 24, I got hired to be an overnight writer for um, the CBS Morning News. And so I would go to work um, as a freelancer. So I would work at Channel 11 from 2 to 11. And then I would work at CBS Network News from midnight to 9 a.m. Oh, my gosh. You know, typing news stories as they broke overnight. Um, and I also worked on weekends as a, as a fill-in news writer for CBS Evening News Weekend and CBS Sunday Night News, which was a 15-minute newscast. And then I got like super burned out and I came down with meningitis because I like was working over a hundred hours a week. And I remember I was in the hospital and the doctor said, that's it. You can't, you have to pick one. You can't work at both of these places at the same time. And uh, just as that was all happening at a position opened at channel two news to be the weekend producer. So I was oh able to gosh. leave WPIX behind, go to WCBS TV, and then I just sort of worked my way up. Eventually, I went from local news to Fox 5 News to Inside Edition to Good Morning America. I was senior producer of Good Morning America. Um, then I left Good Morning America and Al Roker, who was the, is the weather guy from the Today Show, has a production company. He hired me to be the president of his company. Oh. I produced documentaries there and did all kinds of fun stuff. And then really... I sort of wanted to get into books. Like I would say three years before I left Good Morning America, I started, books would come into the newsroom always, whenever I was like working on local news or network news or syndicated news, there would always be books and books and books. And I love books. And I would always pick up a book like off the shelf and say like, what segment am I going to make with this book? And how am I going to make this book a bestseller? For no reason, just for the sheer sport of it. And when I was at Good Morning America, the uh, CEO of HarperCollins, um, I had taken a couple of HarperCollins books just for the sport of it and made them huge bestsellers. And uh -huh. so he summoned me and said, like, who are you? You know, we're not <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you doing this? Um, I want, you know, and I said, I think I want to work in books. And so then we talked and talked for about five years. And then she hired me to have my own department and run this creative development team. And um basically acquire really interesting books from all facets of the zeitgeist. Um, everything from celebrity, sport, experts, space, um, just you name it, I've worked on it. I had three major books come out just yesterday. So, wow. you know, I'm just, I'm a busy bee and I love my team. And, um, you know, what I try to do is create books and put them out there that will really help people inform people on so many levels. Many of them deal with mental health. Many of them are memoirs. Some are, you know, they could be true crime. Um, so it's, I really feel blessed. And I'm also on the side. I'm also a yoga teacher. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> so 
That's a fun thing. Um, I'm a Reiki healer, level two. Oh my Reiki. god! Oh my goodness! You're uh, you, you really match us. I know. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder you you probably intuitively felt pulled to this show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean, I'm you know I was always like considered to be um, that sort of woo woo person, off to yeah. the side, like channeling, like ooh, this this could be a story or some little thing would break. Like I remember one day at Good Morning America, the lights went out just for a second. And I was like, uh-oh, I think this is a major blackout. And the executive producer like looked at me and they were like, oh, come on, Sharky, stop. And I'm like, no, 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 seriously, I'm feeling a major blackout here. Like, I think it's gonna be the whole Northeast. And it was. Oh my gosh. <laughs> blackout. And things like that, you know, would happen where I would just get like a sick sense that so at one point people used to call me the news psychic because ah. uh, I would figure out uh, early on what story to chase down before it became big and then I would see it get really big. Wow. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know if you know, but even's a medium and I'm an intuitive. So that's a lot of what we do on here as well. So we're, oh. right, we're right there with you. Yeah, I've worked on multiple books with uh, an intuitive who I'm really tight with. Uh, uh, so Kim Russo, I've done. Two oh, yeah. Um, one is called The Happy Medium and the other is called Your Soul Purpose. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, yeah, I mean, I I try to live my life in an intuitive fashion. That is what I try to pay attention to every single day. Yeah. Wow. I love yeah. it. Well, we'll tell you we have a we have a project. We'll tell you about it later. <laughs> um, so with, with books, that's just all like what 30 people do for a living and you have done them all. <laughs> so I think that's just super inspiring. And it really shows you that you can have what you really dream of. You know, it's such a good example to other people. And then having that balance of being able to do yoga and yoga and Reiki and all of that too, is that's probably how you stay so grounded you know yeah i certainly nature yoga breathing um eating clean being living clean life i live in an organic house an eco house um in the city um so i i try my best to live you know my best life without you know harming anyone and also to try to live by principles that are uplifting if possible yeah and i you I think of the 15 year old you that you said wanted to get out of there. Yeah. And I mean, just if you could imagine what, if she knew what was going to happen, <laughs> she, no wonder she wanted to get out because she, she just had to get out and do all these things. I mean, yeah, I had to get out. Wow. My, my she, you would, she's probably very proud of you. <laughs> well, um, I'm still really close with my first college professor. Um, he um, is now like my daughter's grandfather on campus and he's still there and he was my Spanish teacher and he's like my surrogate uh, dad and he knew me from when I was 16. And, uh, you know, it's just pretty now I'm his like I'm his book person. So he messages me. He knows what's coming out from HarperCollins and I send it to him, whatever he wants. Aww. Do you feel like with your, your intuitive abilities, do you feel like you are more comfortable 
being open about them now, like the older you get and the more experienced you get? Or do you feel like you always were just like open about it? I've always been open about it. I think my intuitive experiences have really grown over the year because I've done a lot of, of work, you know, mm-hmm. over, over decades. My sister and I started doing yoga when we were kids. Um, we did transcendental meditation um, mm-hmm. when, you know, we, we made our parents do it. You know, we, um, so I've never been afraid to talk about any of that stuff. Um, I think I've been a very untraditional person in a very traditional media world. Um, and, you know, even being at Good Morning America during like the battle years of Diane Sawyer versus Katie Couric, which, you know, I'm sure everybody's sort of reading about Katie telling about those stories. I mean, it was pretty intense and there was no other senior producer, senior level exec on the show who had given birth to children. And so I, you know, I would be that voice in the room. And most of our viewers at Good Morning America were women between the ages of like, you know, 44 and 48, you know, that was our our core audience who had like some teenagers at home. And I had little kids at the time, but, you know, I kept saying, you know, I'll, you want to know about breastfeeding? Ask me, like, I can tell you. (laughs) So, um, yeah, I think intuition is important. Um, But what I love about book publishing is that it's intuition really combined with sales tracks, with concrete knowledge about what the stores are looking for what mm-hmm. what is trending i like to be ahead of what's trending or right on trend mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you know the things that i think are going to be a trend become one and that i'm not always right that's for sure i mean it's a crap shoot a lot um my track record has been pretty good but i've had um some books that haven't worked nearly as at the level that i thought they would work at and i've had some books that have worked way beyond the level that i thought they would work But I always try to trust my intuition, and especially when it comes to connecting with the authors, connecting with the people writing the books, because that's the most important thing when you have a book is who is the author? How are you going to help them share their story, whatever it is? Right. Absolutely. Do you feel like things have changed because of what's been going on in the world? Like, do people look more for something that's self-help or wellness than they used to? Definitely. Yeah. People know that life is short and it goes by in a flash and that it can easily turn around. And if you don't take care of yourself and you don't have compassion for yourself and for others, you're not going to have your best life. And so, you know, part of it can be like the new normal coming back from a pandemic. How do you take care of your mental health? How do you take care of your physical health? What live things are you putting into your body to help yourself maintain the best state of health you can have? You know, if if you don't have your health, whether it's mental, physical, spiritual, then it's really hard to accomplish anything else. So I I do think that people are more aware now, especially when they see the, the toll that the pandemic has taken on so many people whose health wasn't maybe a priority. Um, because they were are more likely were and and in some cases you know that's also because they are they were living in a place where health care was not equal or isn't equal um so um it's you know but i do think self-compassion nature yoga um all of you know aromatherapy crystals all of the things that, that i love are things that 
used to be considered like, ooh, you're into Reiki, what the heck is that? But now people are searching for these things and people are, you know, people have seen up close something that they had never experienced before, which is really death, right? Death and dying all around. And how do you grapple with that? How do you, so in some cases it's escapism, right? They're gonna go out there and they're gonna read a romance novel because they just want to escape into another world or right. in some cases, they're going to be searching for what it is that can help them. Um, so um, I have a, a, some books. I brought a bunch of my books. Like here's a book that I worked on that came out um, called Celebrating Birds um, that just have, that took you, takes you into the woods and lets you play a game with birds. Here's another one that's coming out um, that came out actually yesterday mm -hmm. missions to Mars by Ooh. one of the top Mars explorers in the world because people are fascinated now more so than ever by space right there right they're like we're screwing up our planet oh let's see what's going on yeah they want to leave here that yeah they want to go up <laughs> <laughs> yeah but you know the, it's books have had a, a very serious growth spurt mm -hmm. during the pandemic and it shows no sign of slowing down which is great for us in book publishing right well i was gonna ask you also but you you just just named a couple books that you put out recently do you have any that are your favorites from over the years yeah i mean i i also have my favorites from like right now because those are the ones that i'm really thinking about all the uh -huh. time okay um, Here's one. This is just a, an early edition. Um, this is a book called Rise by Lindsay Vaughn. Um, um, she's the world's greatest, most decorated skier. Yeah. I love her. She's my baby girl. Yeah. Um, but her book is all about mental health and all about the struggles that she went through as starting as a tiny little girl all the way up to today as a retired, you know, Olympic gold medal skier. And then what it took, you know, the combination of fearlessness, grit, competition, and the struggles internally in her heart, in her spirit, in her mind. Um, so I, I'm, I love, 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 love that book. Um, I would say probably some of the books that have meant the most to me over the years um, were one of them is a book called Etched in Sand by Regina Calcaterra. Um, she is a woman who was homeless and in foster care as a child. She was abused by her mother who was mentally ill. She was one of five children. And the book is really about resilience and it's her life story. And hundreds of thousands of people have read the book and it has changed the way people think about foster care. People used to, if a foster child let's say moved in next door, they might say to their kid, oh, don't play with the foster child, right? That child is damaged goods. <laughs> and Regina's book explains to people what it really is to be a foster child. That is a child that needs love. That, that child needs you to accept them. And if that child, for example, goes into a store and needs food, like they don't necessarily anymore have to say, where's the adult with you? They, they might just give the kids some food. I mean, you know, it's, and, and people are more likely to adopt older foster children now in the wake of that book coming out. So 
that book really meant a lot to me. Um, I, you know, I've worked on a number of environmental books that have meant a lot to me. I worked on a couple of books um, called Harmony. And mm -hmm. the author is actually the Prince of Wales, Prince Charles. Wow. Uh, and it's, uh, you guys would love chapter three in Harmony. It's all about <laughs> sacred, sacred geometry. And it's all about the perfection of the Chartres Cathedral in France. Um, wow. So, and so, you know, I've had some just extraordinary experiences, which I have as a journalist as well. Yeah. You know, but, but in book publishing, and really one of the reasons I wanted to get into book publishing is that as a television news journalist, my day would begin with what's the stories incoming, incoming, incoming. Okay, let's churn them out, churn them out. Let's put on 15 segments tomorrow. Like we're going to cover, you know, if I was in today's world, it would be like, you know, what's oh. happening with um, the financial markets or what's happening with inflation or what's happening with the supply chain crisis and what's happening with COVID and the, the insurrection and all of this other stuff. And then the next day, at the end of the day, okay, the show's over. You take your whole desk and you can literally throw out your desk. And then the next day your desk piles up again. Okay, okay, wow. what are we doing today? Well, at some point it's like, oh my God, can't we just dig a little deeper? Yeah, there's nothing, little, you know, more. Yeah, you're, you're not personal. You don't do anything that's connected. You don't connect to the story or the person. You just keep going and trying to put it out, stay busy. Yeah. But, yeah, but I mean, I actually am a major connector. So yeah, often I, I did connect regularly if if there was a story like you know there would be stories that you'd follow for years um but um it wasn't the same a book is precious right a book is something like this is this is lindsay fawn's life like i'm holding her life in my hands yeah she has trusted me with her life <laughs> thank you like i love you for that thank you lindsay Vaughn. so many people, whether it's rock stars, movie stars, experts in their fields, you know, they're saying, I believe that you can help me share my story with the world. Um, and, you know, just today, as I was saying to you guys earlier, you know, uh, after the insurrection and after the second impeachment trial, I was incredibly moved by uh, Maryland Congressman Jamie Raskin. Mm -hmm. He had lost his son, um, Tommy, to suicide. On December 31st, um, his son was a 25-year-old Harvard Law School student who was an absolute genius, brilliant thinker, orator, poet, animal rights activist, pacifist who suffered from depression. Mm -hmm. And uh, January 5th, 2020, they buried Tommy. You know, I can't, I have three children. Uh, you know, I, I have children younger and older than Tommy was. And and then the next day, January 6th, he had to get in the car and go certify the election. He took wow. one of his daughters and the son-in-law who's married to his other daughter and they got caught in the insurrection and they thought they were going to die that day. And then oh my gosh. after that, obviously the president was impeached and the House Speaker Nancy Pelosi asked Congressman Raskin if he would lead the House impeachment. So he was the head impeachment manager. And he was, wow. I mean, and the man had literally lost his son to suicide, unexpected. I mean, no one expects that. I mean, yeah. he still had the fortitude and the resilience and the, the heart 
And also all of his knowledge, he was able to get more votes on a bipartisan, in a bipartisan way than anyone else in the history of America. And he is a premier constitutional law expert. And I felt like just watching him and listening to him, I learned more about the constitution than I ever learned in any classroom. So I wrote him yeah. a letter. And I, I, you know, that's how I've always approached book publishing. If, you know, a lot of times agents call me, like I had an agent call me today with a major celebrity book that's combined with environmentalism. I don't know if I'll get the book, but you'd be damn sure I'm gonna try to get the book. This case was different. And in many cases I do this where I have an idea, I see a person that's out there and I think, wow, this person needs to write a book and they need to write it right now. <laughs> and I will reach out to that person. And in many cases, that person has responded to me and will write a book. Well, Raskin's book is coming out on January 4th. Mm. It's called Unthinkable. Um, and, you know, this morning um, I met him in person for the first time. You know, I wrote him a letter and he, and my phone rang one day, you know, hi, is this Lisa Sharkey? This is Congressman Jamie Raskin. And I was like, oh my God. Wow, that's my incredible. Hero. He said, I have, a, I have a pile of letters here, but nobody's letter, you know, spoke to me the way yours did. And I really would love to, if I could, you know, talk to you a little bit more about publishing a book. You know, he'd published other books before because he is a constitutional law expert. And so he had published sort of academic books. Academic books are very different than, um, trade publishing with a big, like a Harper Collins. Um, and so this book, he is an extraordinarily gifted writer, like over the top gifted writer. Um, and the book is just wonderful. And somebody on my team, Matt Harper, who's an executive editor, edited the book and did a great job. And um, so I would say I'm probably as proud of this book uh, um, as anything I've ever done in my entire life. Like, yeah, you sound like it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. you sound very passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, I really am passionate about all the books that I've worked in. I mean, the same thing with this book that I'm doing about Mars. Mm -hmm. I mean, I just thought, like, this is really cool, but when you take off the cover of this book, um, we got all these pictures that just came in from Mars, from the um, Mars rover Perseverance. So you get, like, this really cool poster of Mars. He'd be a good wow. guy to on your show. He's one of the leading Mars experts. But here's what happened. I said, I want to do a book about Mars. I want to find a, a Mars expert. Everyone wants to learn about Mars. So I called, of course, Washington University in St. Louis, because I knew they had a replica of the Mars rover and that their Earth and Planetary Sciences Department, um, one of the guys who runs that department is one of the people who helps drive the rover around Mars. Oh my gosh. I thought, wow, that is the coolest job in the world. So I called him and asked him to write the book. And he said, I'm really busy. And I can't. <laughs> I'm busy. <laughs> he said, but like in four years. And I was like, no, no, no. I, I need someone to start like tomorrow. So he said, all right, well, here's these other scientists. Give these guys a call and see if you like any of them. And one of them um, named Larry Crumpler answered the phone. And we had this call with him and he spoke like a poet but he's a Mars explorer and he has worked on all of these rover missions. And when he was a young boy, he would go in his backyard with a telescope and he would look out at the red planet. And he was absolutely fascinated by it. He even lives in New Mexico. He is the head geologist at a New Mexico um, Museums of History and Science. Mm -hmm. and, uh, but he has been involved and he even has places on Mars named after him. There's a place called Larry's Landing. Oh my gosh our author. 
And, and so, you know, what a privilege, what an honor for me to be able to connect with these people who are the bona fide experts in whatever their field might be. Um, you know, it just means a lot to me. Um, here's another one. This is coming out next month called The Sleep Fix. This is oh, that's really needed for people. Yeah, so this is by ABC News anchor and correspondent Diane Macedo, who um, used to work the overnight shift and her sort of uh, circadian rhythms got completely screwed up and she became unable to get to sleep, stay asleep, and it ruined her life. She tried everything and eventually she researched it so much that she was able to cure her sleep problems and then she decided she needed to write a book about it and mm -hmm. it's coming out next month. So that's you know, I get you know, dip into lots of different and exciting things. Yeah, we didn't even I didn't know that you were intuitive and, and you're you are all about a lot of the stuff we talk about on the show. And, you know, interestingly, we we have a book that we didn't ask for that came into fruition because Eden is this gifted medium that she does automatic writing which is when your hand moves and you get word for word messages from the other side. And years ago, five and a half years ago now, I reached out to her. I'd gone to high school with her. A lot of our audience members know this, so I'm gonna tell the quick version, but um, we did a very amazing reading where my grandma and friend came through and I went, okay, I, I'm an intuitive, but I don't channel in that way. That's so gifted like she does. And so, Prince, the artist Prince came through and it was right after he had passed and I was blown away and a lot of signs happened to really validate that it was him and things that no one else would know. And long story short, we ended up meeting regularly and channeling and, and just doing it for the information and for fun and getting info from him without telling anyone. And later on, it ended up that he wanted us to channel a book word for word from him on how he sees his life now that he's up there and we have it we've never done anything with it um we have met with a lot of people that were close to him members of you know bands and people that were very closely tied to him that eden's done readings with now um but we haven't yet found the divine spot for it but but it, it's just interesting so maybe someday you you can look it over but it's interesting because you do such intricate phenomenal unique stuff that you've never even thought of and i went okay it's pretty up there <laughs> yeah i mean that sounds incredible well if anyone comes in um guys while we're doing this please fill me in let me know what's going on <laughs> I, I would love to know oh my gosh eden you should do you should schedule a reading with her well yeah because <laughs> do you have you ever had a reading Oh, of course. I mean, okay. Yeah, I work Kim Russo. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. yeah, 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 and way beyond that. And I, I work with, um, I have a longtime yoga teacher who's also an intuitive, and she had a baby a couple of days ago, so she probably won't be over here for a little bit. But um, she's like my best, best, best friend, and we see things together, and we have intuitive experiences all the time. Um, and I love um, it. you know, so yeah, I try to keep um, that crown chakra open um, for things to come in or mm -hmm. people or whatever. But I have not done. I, I I think you know I write a lot of poetry and I do a lot of writing, um, mostly just private stuff. Um, and a lot of that feels channeled. 
Um, but uh, yeah, but I, uh, you know, the books that I'm working on are pretty much, you know, straightforward books that, you know, are going to be like on every news program. And, you know, here's one that just also came out yesterday, Little Sister by Lana Wood, Natalie Wood's sister. Oh, oh wow. wow. Um, so that's been, if you Google that one, you'll see it everywhere. She was, she's been on like every network she's been on today, tomorrow, all and the, the 40 year anniversary of the death of Natalie Wood is coming up at the end of this month, November. So, um, so it's an investigation really into what happened to her sister. And it's also an exploration of their lives together. It's very, very interesting. Is it hmm. still a mystery as to how she died? Natalie? Ye yes. Okay. So I thought, um, the case is currently open and Robert Wagner is, um, considered a person of interest. But oh, are you kidding? After all these years, the case wow. that happened in 2018. Yeah. It was sort of a public outcry in a way that caused the case to, um, a lot of people put some a petition together and they got the case reopened. Um, oh my gosh. So it's, yeah, I'm sure that, uh, if you wanted to have Lana on your show, you, you could have her on. She's very nice. Very, very. Oh, nice. that would be great. Yeah. Hook us up. Hook us up. Yes. <laughs> wow. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> so anything else, Kim? I'm, I mean, I feel like we, all of our questions, I have so many in my head, but, um, we could go on and on with you. I know um, <laughs> <laughs> your, your awards that you won. You've, you've been nominated, like we brought up in the beginning, for 10 Emmy Awards, and um, you've won two, and you've gotten an AP Body Award. Um, what is the most meaningful award that you received? Well, I would say, like, winning a National Emmy Award was a really big deal. I mean, to me, nothing's really more meaningful than, like, having children. Um, that's, like, that's the number one thing, but... The first time I ever got an Emmy nomination, it was for a series that I did at Channel 2 News in 1990. And it was called The Miscarriage Mystery. It was a 10-part series on miscarriages, um, pregnancy loss. And I had had three miscarriages before I had my three children. And I set up, you know, like set my mind to investigating why women miscarried and I wanted to help them and I wanted to get behind the science of what happened. I also wanted people to understand that miscarriages were not something that you didn't have to acknowledge that a loss of the dream of a baby, a loss of the, the loss of that hope and that idea of a child um, is something that is huge and even if it was at six weeks of pregnancy eight weeks 12 weeks you know early middle the end stillbirth all of these things are absolutely devastating both hormonally emotionally spiritually and so there had never been a series about that and and here's the sad thing is that when i first pitched the series to my then news director he said well what do you want to call it lisa's miscarriage and of course i completely burst into tears mm -hmm. um, and uh, they discounted me. But then I landed a big interview for the series with Meredith Vieira, who at wow. the time was a 60 minutes correspondent. 
And um, she had had three miscarriages before she had given birth to her child. Wow. He was very little. And Don Hewitt was the um, executive producer of 60 Minutes. And while I was in her office filming this series, she was, you know, crying during the interview because, you know, it's really much. He came in and tried to stop the interview and said, I don't need people to hear you talking about your miscarriage. And she said, this is more important than what you think. Anyhow, it, it ended up becoming like this big series and then it got nominated for it didn't win. But for me, that was like, whoa, I yeah. cannot believe that I turn. And, and then like two weeks after the series aired, I gave birth to my first child. So it was uh, a pretty amazing thing. And I still upstairs in my house have an entire shoebox filled with letters from women who wrote in saying thank you. thank you for that series so for me like that's the kind of thing that means a lot like Mm -hmm. awards the abc news awards you know peabody dupont that those were group awards for being part of the team and i was definitely part of the team um but like the miscarriage thing that was you know i took a serious tragedy for me and figured out a way to use it to help other people and so that was so much more meaningful pretty much than than like anything and i recently have won this award women's uh from women's e-news which is 21 leaders of the 21st century Uh we have our award ceremony i think next week um so that's kind of cool too and that's my work um helping women tell their stories as a book publisher Um, yeah that's huge yeah Do you feel like, was it really healing for you? You had all three miscarriages and then three children up like, and so you did the documentary after the three. Do you feel that it helped you um, to do the series um, for your own healing as well? Oh, of course. Yeah, definitely helped me. Um, Because the way I process things, you know, some people, everybody processes things differently, but I, you know, because I'm like a trained journalist. So I process things by getting information, getting information. That's why like when COVID-19 started coming, I had been in charge of SARS for Good Morning America because I was in charge of the medical news for Good Morning America. So I knew about, you know, um, asymptomatic spread and, you know, Mm -hmm. lots of things that other people hadn't known about because they wouldn't have because they didn't run like a medical unit at a network TV show. I did, and I was like, oh man, this thing is coming down the pike, and everybody go home right now. Yeah. (laughs) Shut it down, people. Shut it down. Like, you cannot, you know. So I took it extremely seriously. I was like that doom and gloom person. (laughs) I just started popping, you know, every immune boosting mushroom potion. (laughs) Paul <laughs> uh, Stamets drops like down the throat every day. Vitamin D, you know, if you you don't even want to see what's I had. I varied um, homeopathic remedies from one day to the next and switched them up. I started, you know, do I? Um, people are gonna be like, oh, she's just crazy, but I don't think that I am. So, you know, I like to combine science, Western science, with Eastern. Eastern medicine with intuitive thinking and you know uh, you know i'm somebody who you know i'm not only gonna read one thing i have to look at everything so i will just as easily read 
um, opposition research about things as I will, you know, I, I don't believe you should only read the left. I think right. you have to read the, you can't just watch MSNBC. You have to watch Fox. You have to watch CNN. Like if you're in my role, you have to consume what everyone is consuming. You can't just, you know, you know. As yeah, much so you can make a valid opinion about it. Otherwise, how do you know if you're only seeing one side? I do believe knowledge is power. So yeah, now on that front, uh, you know, yeah, I, I do think there's danger sometimes, you know, in, in people not being able to communicate with one another because they no longer care to listen. And that's sad for me. Um, but so that, that's why I like to do books that are sometimes a little bit provocative and, um, you know, that are going to spark a conversation. Right. Absolutely. Well, you've succeeded at that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> you, you are just a really fascinating and phenomenal woman and you deserve that award you're getting in the next week or from e-news. E um, so that's amazing. and such an honor. And um, we just feel blessed that you came on our show and everyone gets to hear about your life. So thank you. Oh, well, you're so kind. Um, and I really appreciate it. So if anyone um, ever wants to just see what I'm up to, they can just go on Instagram and I'm, uh, I'm on there as Sharkogram. Sharkogram. Okay. Okay. Sharkogram. Yeah. So and follow, I, follow her on Instagram. Yeah. And my books, like I'll, you know, I, I recently put up a post where nobody has done more books with people who've been on Dancing with the Stars than me. <laughs> I mean, seriously, it's true. I mean, literally almost, I mean, Amanda Klutz, who's on right now, who yeah. Nick Cordero died of COVID. I signed her up for a book and we've become really close and she's amazing. Yeah. Um, um, Hannah Brown, who is uh, from Bachelor. Yeah. Hannah B. Hannah B. So her, um, I have a book coming out with her in two weeks. She's amazing. It's called. Oh, Bob nice. And I'm going to text her in a little bit. Um, we're working really hard on lining up all the PR, which is going to be huge for that book. Um, um, I did a book with Valentin Schmerkowski, Val, um, called um, I'll Never Change My Name. I oh, wow. Sanders, the Olympic gymnast um, on her book called I Got This. I worked with Amy. Perry. Love her. Her eyes. Um, yeah, she's yeah. Well, she's she, got the big well, eyes. She's done with the human emoji. And yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> book is for it's middle grade, and so like on every page, like there's on every chapter, there's a different really cute emoji. Um, and then uh, Amy Purdy, who um, is a double amputee, was on yeah. Dance with the Stars. Derek Hoff with the uh, Derek, yeah. She's such a resilient, amazing person. And then I did Derek Hoff's book too. Wow, <laughs> I love so, him. There's just been a lot. Yeah, he is. So, so nice. And I, cute. <laughs> you should see like a book signing, you know, in the pre-COVID universe, you go to a book signing with a guy from Dancing with the Stars and little, tiny little ballroom dancers would show up and they'd be spinning around getting their books. Aww. And oh. you have that dance background. So that makes a lot of sense. You're, you're combining all of your, your expertise into what you do. So we yeah. had J.R. Martinez on our show. He oh, was amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, he was yeah. very popular when he was on Dancing with the Stars. My family thinks I'm the worst dancer, but I um, think that I'm okay. It was my, <laughs> my birthday was like uh, a week ago Friday, and I um, did that. Just went crazy dancing in the living room for some reason. My I just got a new record player from my friend Richard J. Alexander, 
Uh-huh. My, my sister sent me a bunch of albums and one of them was the White Album by the Beatles. Oh, and, no. on, and the first song was na 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 You say it ain't birthday. And I just like went crazy dancing in the living room. How cute. Aww. Well, happy belated birthday. Yeah. And um, everybody follow her. Um, send us feedback on this episode. And thank you for being here, Lisa. And yeah. thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you guys so much for having me. Have a beautiful night. You too. Thank you. Bye. Thank you for listening to Talk Purpose and Truth podcast. Find out more at talkpurposeandtruth.com. And follow us at Talk Purpose Truth on Instagram and Facebook.